Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We, of course, had football yesterday. Today's Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Tons of action, tons of games, tons of upsets, tons of players, all of that to talk about. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Where do we want to start? As we know, every Monday we talk about every game, basically every player. Tons of things to take away every single week. And I have you covered here on Wake and Take. Let's, I guess, begin. We'll begin with the London game. We had the Titans taking on the Ravens. Let's do the Ravens first. Let's do the Ravens first. Rashad Bateman is over. Rashad Bateman is over. He finishes yesterday. With, I believe it was, yeah, two catches off of three targets for only 15 yards. Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar finished ahead of him in yards. Targets with the same amount of receptions. It's looking like it's Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. That's all this Baltimore Ravens pass attack is. It's very, very simple. And it's not working very well either. As we've seen, this Ravens offense has not been scoring a lot of points. However, Zay Flowers yesterday did get into the end zone. Six receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. That is the type of ceiling game that you can expect from Zay Flowers. We've talked about it on the show a few times now. Zay Flowers, very, very good at football. Not much ceiling while Mandrews is still there. While this offense looks like that, he's going to have games like this, right? Where he's going to obviously always get about five or more receptions. He's going to get 50 to 70 yards. And sometimes he's going to score a touchdown. But you can't expect much ceiling from this guy as good a football as he is. And we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, Wandale Robinson, as I'm, again, starting to connect these similarities between the two. Which one would I rather have on my team? All that fun stuff. So stick around for the Wandale Robinson discussion. But let's move on to the Titans, as we had an injury from Ryan Tannehill, and Malik Willis had to step in. And last season when Malik Willis had to step in, he looked terrible. He really, really did. But uh, yesterday, not too bad. He was not too bad. I mean, it wasn't great. Obviously not great. He finishes the day four for five, four of five for 74 yards and 17 rushing yards. And, you know, no turnovers, no touchdowns, nothing. And he was sustaining some drives. He honestly didn't look terrible, looked okay, fun to watch, interesting to watch. The big takeaway in the passing attack is that DeAndre Hopkins last week was probably his ceiling week, depending on what how serious this Ryan Tannehill injury is. DeAndre Hopkins finishes today with only one reception for 20 yards. You never want to see that from that good of a wide receiver. Better days, of course, to come. But next time a ceiling game happens, you have to sell him. You have to. 
Uh, but for now, you've got to hold on and hope he has another ceiling game. The problem with DeAndre Hopkins is he's always going to be in your starting lineup. And unless Malik Willis is going forward, you might have to bench him, which sucks even more given the draft capital that was spent on him. But that's just how the, the cookie crumbles sometimes. In terms of the running backs, Tyje Spears is getting more and more fun to watch. He finishes the day with four rushes for 15 yards, but did have a 40-yard 48-yard reception where he looked pretty spry. Pretty cool to watch. Tyje Spears looking really good. One of the best handcuffs to roster right now. Because while Derrick Henry is still king, 12 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. So very Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is just so good at football. But, you know, if he goes down, Tyje Spears is going to get a ton of work, not only as a running back, but also receiving out of the backfield. Tyje Spears looking like a great handcuff. And Derrick Henry still looking like the king. We'll move on to the Commanders game. They took on the Falcons. Rough game for the Falcons, but the Commanders also, I guess, sort of had a rough game. I mean, obviously they come out with the win, but none of the name players really had that good of a game. Terry McLaurin led the team in receiving, but didn't have any touchdowns. Jahan Dotson continues to disappoint. The only player who did anything worthwhile was Curtis Samuel and Sam Howell. Sam Howell, of course, leads them to the win, scores the passing touchdowns, but it's Curtis Samuel I want to focus on. Curtis Samuel is what we wanted Antonio Gibson to be. He has one carry and four receptions for 42 yards and a touchdown. Looking good. Uh, I think that's his third touchdown in a row uh, in terms of games. Like uh, had a touchdown last week and two weeks ago, I believe. So he's continuously looking good, looking like a true part of this offense, looking like, again, what we wanted Antonio Gibson to be. What's weird about this running back situation, though, is Brian Robinson, of course, still has the stronghold. He had 10 carries for 38 yards, no touchdowns, kind of a rough running game, uh, but that is to be expected against the Falcons. They've been pretty good against running backs, but he had some catches out of the backfield, two receptions for 25 yards and a receiving touchdown. So good day for him. Uh, Antonio Gibson, only three carries and a reception. Chris Rodriguez starting to get some action though. Chris Rodriguez finishes the day with four carries for 23 yards. Not that bad. So definitely something to continue to keep your eye on. We talked about him a little bit in the off season, just that he's basically another Brian Robinson, a type of running back that Ron Rivera does really, really like. So if Brian Robinson goes down, it's not going to be Antonio Gibson. It's going to be Chris Rodriguez. So just be sure of that when you're rostering Antonio Gibson right now. Don't in the back of your mind have, well, if Brian Robinson ever gets hurt, I'll be able to use Antonio Gibson. That's not going to be the case. I mean, you'll probably be able to use Antonio Gibson a little bit more than you can right now, but still it's it's going to go to Chris Rodriguez, unfortunately. That's just how Ron Rivera runs his offense, That's and they don't have the trust in Antonio Gibson at all. And Chris Rodriguez just profiles as a more uh, basic running back, I guess, a bit more standard running back. That, that's what they're looking for in this offense. And while the Falcons' running attack is always good, Tyler Algier leads the team in rushing this week, it was the pass attack that wasn't too bad this week. Now, of course, Desmond Ritter loses the game for the Falcons after throwing three interceptions, two of which came at the end of the game, one of them in the end zone, which would have been a game-tying, or close to game-tying touchdown if they got the two-point conversion, and then another interception on the next drive that eventually iced the game. Desmond Ritter? Still, though, threw for over 300 yards now two weeks in a row. That's encouraging. What's not encouraging, of course, is those interceptions. But what is even more encouraging is that Drake London, 12 targets, 9 receptions, 125 yards. Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith both had four receptions, both had roughly 40 yards, and both had a touchdown. So I might have to say that this Falcons passing attack has been unlocked the past couple weeks. 
part of it has been game script, but that's a good thing, right? Especially as we saw against the Lions, they could not get anything going when they fell behind. Same against the Jaguars. The past couple of weeks, though, they've been getting it done. They've been working out uh, this pass attack, and Desmond Ritter has been slinging it. Now he needs to sling it without the interceptions. Originally, he was not slinging it because he didn't want to turn it over. Now he's slinging it and turning over. So we're going to see Desmond Ritter's leash is still pretty long, guys. Don't get too excited about Taylor Heineke quite yet. Um, it's it, Desmond Ritter still got at least three, four more weeks in his belt at least. I mean, it'll probably take it to the bye uh, at, at the shortest. Like, I do think at the shortest, the Falcons won't move away from Desmond Ritter until the bye week. They're still being competitive. The Buccaneers and the Saints still lost. And so the division is still wide open. Three-way tie in first. So leash is still long for Desmond Ritter. And to see the 300 passing yards is very encouraging. The two passing touchdowns is encouraging. The interceptions just need to go away. We'll move on to the Vikings now. And this is interesting. As we saw the last two weeks, Cam Akers was starting to get more and more usage, getting similar amounts of carries as Alexander Madison. That was not the case this week. This week, Alexander Madison takes 18 carries, and Cam Akers only has one. That's rough. You know, I did. I have been saying for the past two weeks that Cam Akers will happen in Minnesota again. I I don't even want to call it take lock. I've just rose tinted glasses on Cam Akers. I like him. A lot. I've liked him since his rookie season. So I will continue pounding the table for him because I'm convicted and I will not move away from it unless he gets injured. Because again, if Alexander Madison goes down, Cam Akers will definitely get that usage and I think he'll be good with it. This Vikings offense is still good. However, they're not very good without Justin Jefferson. Yes, they ended up pulling out the win, but it's not very great when you barely beat the Bears without Justin Fields. Justin Fields, unfortunately, gets hurt, and Tyson Badgett has to go in, who we'll talk about in a second. But Justin Jefferson is needed on the Vikings. He just is. No one had more than 51 yards, so TJ Hawkinson had exactly 50 with six receptions. He led the Vikings in receiving. KJ Osborne had four receptions for 48 yards. Jordan Addison had three receptions for 28 yards and luckily a touchdown. And Kirk Cousins finishes the day with only 181 passing yards total and only one touchdown. It's not that great without Justin Jefferson. I mean, he does so much for that offense, and he's clearly, clearly missed. Granted, this was week one without him, so, you know, I'm sure it'll start to get better next week. And then the third week without Justin Jefferson, another marginal improvement. And then, of course, right when he started to get back is when the Vikings will be clicking without him in their offense. But just expect another probably slow week uh, next week when they're when they're still playing without Justin Jefferson. Now for the Bears, Tyson Badgett came in uh, and wasn't terrible. Uh, he was 10 for 14, 83 yards and an interception. I believe he might have also had a fumble too. Um, but, you know, it was still cool to see him come in. As we know from our Senior Bowl uh, coverage, Cody Carpentier went down there, called Tyson Badgett the only quarterback that mattered from the Senior Bowl. And now we are here watching him start NFL football games, winning the backup job and going in there and playing. Not great. I mean, not great, but not bad either. Still 10 of 14s and not bad completion percentage, especially since you didn't, um, or he didn't game plan for this game. Of course, he's not expecting to have to go in and play. You get thrown in based off an injury. It's it's very hard to play well. So I'm not going to be upset in Tyson Badgett's performance. I might even try to buy him depending on the severity of this field's injury. Uh, 
you know, in super flex leagues, you know, d- depending on how much it costs, right? I mean, it, it, it's not like I'm paying up for a backup quarterback for only a few weeks, but if you're hurting, you know, it might not be a bad option. DJ Moore's still really good at football. Roshan Johnson will be back. But the takeaway I wanted to mention here, because I think it's going to go quietly for the next few days, especially as we look at waivers tomorrow, but Tyler Scott, again, depending on the severity of Fields' injury, Tyler Scott probably needs to be rostered. We've seen a few times in our in our history of the NFL, our, our fantasy football fandom, sometimes when these backup quarterbacks come in, they have a wide receiver that they've been practicing with because they're not a starting wide receiver. Usually they're working with the second team. And that's Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott had four uh, targets yesterday, two receptions for 12 yards. Again, not that great. And because it wasn't that great, he's going to slip through in waiver wire discussions. But if Tyson Badgett's going to be starting the next few weeks, I assume Tyler Scott will continue to get decent usage in your deeper leagues. I think he's definitely worth picking up and seeing what happens here because it is clear to me, after only one week of action, that Tyler Scott is the wide receiver that Tyson Badgett has been closely working with. They're both uh, rookies, right? And they're both, you know, probably been practicing together given DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet have probably been working with the first team more than Tyler Scott has. So that's a very, very interesting player to keep your eye on tomorrow when you're filling out your waivers tonight when you're looking at it. Keep your keep Tyler Scott in the front of your mind. And just one more takeaway here on the Bears is that Tyson Badgett, or not Tyson Badgett, Deontay Foreman is just good at football. Deontay Foreman is good at football. He's been a healthy scratch all season, probably because the Bears expected some injuries to pile up at some point and you don't need all of them out there uh, for game day. But Deontay Foreman finishes the day 15 carries for 65 yards, a very, very respectable performance. As we know with him, he had the Achilles tear a couple seasons ago, came back, looked really good for the Panthers last season when called upon. And here he is again performing well when called upon. Uh, Of course, no touchdowns, but still 65 yards off of 15 carries is not bad. Very, very respectable performance. Curious to see how they'll work him in with everyone healthy, how much he and Roshan Johnson will be splitting when Roshan returns this week. So definitely good at football. Definitely something worth keeping your eye on as well, as Khalil Herbert is going to be out for the next couple weeks. Seahawks. The Seahawks game was very interesting. They played the Bengals, and you would expect it to be a shootout. Of course it wasn't, because yesterday was the weirdest NFL day like ever. It was so strange. But what I did notice is that the Seattle passing attack is starting to form yes of course the tyler lockett and the dk metcalf connection has been there uh but with the bye week we saw now coming out of it that jake bobo and jsn got a little bit more involved jsn especially four receptions off of five targets for 48 yards a very respectable performance from the rookie once that touchdown comes it's going to be impossible to attain jsn so make sure you're buying him while you still can The end-of-season breakout is still very much on the table for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Do not give up yet. And Jake Bobo, also two receptions, 443 yards. Very, very interesting wide receiver core here. Uh, And with Geno Smith only throwing for 323 yards and two interceptions with no touchdowns, uh, it's still good to see these guys have decent performances. Even Metcalf and Lockett kind of saved their day in in PPR formats. They both scored over 10, despite neither of them having 100 yards or a touchdown. Decent game from everyone involved here. And of course, Kenneth Walker is still just the truth. 19 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. 
absolute dog. Love myself some Kenneth Walker. The Seattle Seahawks offense is starting to form, and they will only get better. For the for the Bengals, T. Higgins is just clearly a decoy when not even 70% when this guy is unhealthy in any way. The Bengals just do not look his way. They use him to take away coverage. He finished the day two for four for 20 yards. Andre Eosivas had a touchdown. Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd both had more receptions than T. Higgins. Uh, it is just going to continue to be that way while T. Higgins is not healthy. You cannot start him unless he's healthy because they will, unfortunately, use him as a decoy. The next game was very interesting as the 49ers took on the Browns and lost. The Browns beat the 49ers this week. Uh, and who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? P.J. Walker leads the Browns to a victory, but the 49ers is what I want to talk about. First off, Brandon Ayuk is matchup proof. Every single week, he has demonstrated his clear connection with Brock Purdy and shows no signs of slowing down. The Browns defense is very, very tough to play against, and yet he still had four receptions for 76 yards. Very good performance, very respectable for him. And that comes too without Debo Samuel as he got hurt early. So, I mean, it was easier to cover Brandon Ayuk, right? They didn't have to devote any coverage to Debo Samuel. And Ayuk was still getting open, still being found by Brock Purdy, who is human after all. Brock Purdy picks up his first regular season loss and has a very pedestrian performance. 12 of 27 passes, 125 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Did not look good. As we talked about, though, this Browns defense is good, very good. And, you know, I guess that's just what happens in the NFL. You know, things can't be perfect forever. It's encouraging. I don't want to say good. I don't want to, like, be happy about it or anything. But it's just nice. It's just nice that all NFL games can be competitive. That's why we love the sport, right? We had the Browns beat the 49ers. <laughs> We had the Jets beat the Eagles, as we'll talk about soon. And we had the Giants almost beat the Bills. Earlier this season, we had the Cardinals take out the Cowboys. I mean, you just can't count out any team every week. And that is just so special. I love this sport so much. And I'm glad that uh, we had some good football this week, even if, you know, our favorite players didn't perform that well. Brock Purdy leading to that little uh, that little rant there. But anyway, Brock Purdy's still human. The Browns. Obviously, no one to really talk about too much except for Amari Cooper, who finishes the day four receptions for 108 yards. Over half of P.J. Walker's passing yards went to Cooper. Walker finishes the day with only 192 pass yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. The running backs, Jerome Ford in particular, is very good at football. Jerome Ford against the 49ers takes 17 carries for 84 yards. Very, very respectable performance from him. Cannot count out Jerome Ford at all. I was not telling people to start him on starter stream. I did not want to trust any Brown this week. Had no idea what it looked like with PJ Walker, especially against a really, really good defense. But Jerome Ford looking like he's matchup proof, looking like he's always going to get you the points, looking like a truly good NFL running back. And I mentioned he had 17 carries. What could be concerning, but probably not, is Kareem Hunt also had 12 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. However, I am pretty certain that this was more of a P.J. Walker thing than a Kareem Hunt thing. More so, they wanted to run the ball a lot, drain this clock, try to move the chains, take the ball out of P.J. Walker's hands, and make the 49ers beat them on offense. And that and it worked. It worked, right? But I don't 
expect this to continue. I don't expect Kareem Hunt to get very, very similar usage to Jerome Ford. I still do view Jerome Ford as the bell cow main running back on this offense. So uh, if anyone gets a little concerned about Ford because of that, I don't think they would because he still had 84 yards against the 49ers. But if that is the case, maybe send out a couple feeler offers for Jerome Ford because I don't think things will slow down. In fact, it could get even better. Then, of course, we've got to talk about the Dolphins as, I mean, they are just special. And it isn't just Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill. Tua finishes the day with 262 yards and three touchdowns. 163 of those went to Tyreek Hill. Another 51 went to Jalen Waddle. They both caught touchdowns. I do want to say Jalen Waddle might need touchdowns all season. He might be a touchdown-dependent wide receiver. I don't like saying that because I have firmly believed all season and especially last season that it is a back and forth battle between him and Tyreek Hill on this offense. But Tyreek Hill is motivated beyond a certain level this year. And it just seems to be the Tyreek Hill show. And the Raheem Mostert show is Raheem Mostert has his second three touchdown game of the season, his second hat trick. You don't see that very often. And you especially don't see running backs already have 11 touchdowns in week six. In week six, Raheem Mostert already has 11 touchdowns. Raheem Mostert is a league winner. He is killing it right now. Absolutely phenomenal performances from Raheem Mostert all season, but especially yesterday as he has 115 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns and also brought in a receiving touchdown with 17 receiving yards to go along with it. Just a round of applause for Raheem Mostert. Great performance by him, expecting it as long as he can stay healthy. I believe uh, he still carries the, the NFL record for career yards per carry. He is just in an absolutely efficient running back. So good at running it, especially in this scheme. I love it for Raheem Mostert. Love it for the Dolphins and love it for fantasy managers who use their 12th and 13th round picks on Raheem Mostert. What a steal. Another steal in drafts. Another steal in drafts is none other than Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Another round of applause. I mean, he is performing on another level right now. He is Bryce Young's safety blanket and then some finishes the day with 115 receiving yards, 11 receptions, and a touchdown. Fantastic performance. More than half of Bryce Young's passing yards went to Adam Thielen. Bryce Young finishes the day with 217 pass yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. Guys, I'm continuing to pound the table a little bit for Bryce Young, and I can't believe I have to do it. I can't believe I have to do it. I know he didn't start off as hot as Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud, but he still demonstrated tons of promise with a very bad receiving core. I mean, I know Adam Thielen is playing well, but just imagine how much better it would look if that was an, like a, a Monroe St. Brown or a Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? I mean, it is just, it is really spectacular what Bryce Young has been able to put together. And so I do still think he's a buy and things will get better, especially as these rumors of them looking for one more wide receiver come to fruition. Keep your eye on Bryce Young, guys. No turnovers, over 50% completion, throwing the ball over 30 times a game, hitting 200 yards every single game. I mean, looking good, really is looking good. I don't mind Bryce Young at all. 
And I'm, I just continue to get impressed too. I mean, he's taking sacks. He's avoiding sacks. He's doing a little bit of scrambling. I like Bryce Young right now. Like I've really been surprised with how he's been playing. And I, this is only the beginning, guys. So if he's still available, especially in your dynasty leagues, snatch him up wherever you can. Chuba Hubbard is also very good at football. Chuba Hubbard finishes the day 19 carries for 88 yards at a touchdown. He does this time and time again. When he's asked up, he does it. When he's asked to perform, he does it. And it's just really special that he always does that. And I, I don't know what Miles Sanders is going to do when he returns. I mean, we already saw that it was basically split evenly between the two. But Chuba Hubbard is staying healthier, a little bit more of a receiving running back, and performing the same for much cheaper. I mean, it's got to be Chuba Hubbard uh, really for the rest of the season. Definitely trying to get him. I mean, you might want to wait for Miles Sanders to come back before getting Chuba Hubbard. But I love Chuba Hubbard this year and probably next. I think he still has one more year on his contract after this season. Yeah. Yeah. One more year on his rookie contract next year. So it's still plenty of time left for Chuba in dynasty leagues and in redraft. I want to make sure I still roster him for the Colts though. I want to move on to the Colts game. It's interesting. It's interesting. What is going on in this backfield? Well, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor uh, both finished the day with very similar usage. However, Zach Moss takes eight carries for 21 yards and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor takes seven carries for 19 yards, no touchdowns. Now, what can we glean from that? Not too much, really. I mean, not too much. Are you really taking away from that? We knew that Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to be ramped up uh, until at least a couple more weeks. But as we see, it is getting closer and closer. And it'll continue to be like this. However, Zach Moss is doing everything he can to make sure he stays in this backfield, even when Jonathan Taylor gets fully utilized. I mean, last week he was a monster, put up massive numbers with Jonathan Taylor still on the field. And this week takes one more carry for two more yards and gets a touchdown when when Jonathan Taylor doesn't. So Zach Moss looking good, like genuinely is. And I loved the point that Podfather has been making and a few other people here on Player Profiler, just that Zach Moss being this good and performing this well is what has made Jonathan Taylor return to the football field. He lost all his negotiation power when Zach Moss started killing it. So Jonathan Taylor, while he did get the contract, the Colts are not rushing to bring him back uh, to 100% usage like he used to while Zach Moss is still playing like this. For the Jaguars in this game, Travis Etienne continues to kill it. Travis Etienne continues to kill it. He has another two touchdown performance, only 55 rush yards and 28 receiving yards, but still Travis Etienne looking like a steal at his ADP, looking like a fantastic dynasty running back, looking just good in general. Travis Etienne having a very, very, very good season. It's spectacular. And for the receivers, as we talked about last week, It just gets spread around. You can't depend on any one of these to have a wide receiver one output week to week to week to week to week. However, you can rely on them to be decent. Calvin Ridley, four for 30. Evan Ingram, seven for 41. Christian Kirk, three for 49 yards and a touchdown. That's just how it's going to be. Every single one of these guys are used. I love the fact that Evan Ingram, it continues to get a ton of volume. Seven receptions is nothing to scoff at for tight end. I know no touchdowns. And I know the yardage wasn't totally there, but if you'll remember last year, Evan Ingram had, it was like 150 yards and over two touchdowns with the three touchdowns. 
maybe just the two. Either way, monster performance last season from Evan Ingram. I do definitely still see that well within the range of outcomes this year. Evan Ingram's going to have a ceiling game. I think he's obtainable right now in dynasty leagues, in redraft leagues, but especially dynasty leagues. I would be sending out offers for Evan Ingram. Tight ends last a while in this league. He's still not too old. He broke out a little bit later as well. So I do think you could probably acquire Evan Ingram, who's getting Travis Kelsey-type usage for a pretty decent price. So I'm, I'm looking into trading for Evan Ingram right now in Dynasty. Uh, Gardner Minshew, just real quick. We'll go back to the Colts a little bit. Gardner Minshew was okay. It's looking like, as we'll have to talk about over this week, uh, what's going on with Anthony Richardson. He's debating season-ending surgery. So Gardner Minshew, definitely worth talking about. He finishes the day with 55 pass attempts. 55 pass attempts. And that's not you know, an outlier. I think he will definitely have games like that again this season. They have to pass the ball a lot, especially in some of these game scripts and teams that they have to play against in their own division. But he takes those 55 pass attempts for only 33 completions, 300 yards, which is really nice, one touchdown, but three interceptions. And that's a concern. Hopefully it's just a jitters, you know, like he's a little bit pressured right now, knowing that it's probably him all season, plus a tough matchup against the Jaguars. I think that he won't have another three interception game. Of course, I do think that Gardner Minshew is still an excellent game manager and doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Just a bad game for him. I think things will get right next week. So maybe perhaps try to buy Gardner Minshew before Anthony Richardson takes the season ending in uh, surgery, because with three interceptions, not that great of a performance owners might sell him still for a decent price. Uh, so look into trading for Gardner Minshew right now in your super flex leagues. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara looks fantastic. Alvin Kamara continues to look fantastic. Alvin Kamara is a league winner. Alvin Kamara finishes the day with 19 carries for 68 yards and seven receptions for 36 yards. Uh, no one else on the Saints had three, even three carries. Everyone had two or less if they touched the ball. And no one on the Saints had more than seven receptions. Seven receptions for Alvin Kamara this week tied Taysom Hill. So keep that in mind, Taysom Hill. And Chris Olave. Both of those guys only had seven receptions. Alvin Kamara, basically the entire Saints offense. Congratulations to everyone that drafted him after the suspension. Everyone that traded for him. It is looking like like he looks like an RB1. I mean, he looks like a top five option right now. Very, very good. Getting incredible usage. Just awesome. Alvin Kamara looking like a league winner. Taysom Hill, we need to keep our eye on as well. As we see this Juwan Johnson injury continue to develop. If he continues to miss time, Taysom Hill will be relied upon as he has been. This was a career high for him in terms of receptions. And that means that, you know, he'll continue to be that. We saw this offseason that Taysom Hill, we talked about it a little bit, was used as a tight end a lot more in training camps. That's where he was doing most of his practice, trying to catch the ball some more. So Taysom Hill, a little bit of a cheat code in that tight end slot. Go ahead and uh, maybe try to trade for him, maybe buy him. I don't really know. I mean, you're more than likely never comfortable starting him. You probably want to see at least one more week of this kind of usage. But if Jawan Johnson is out, I think you can rely on Taysom Hill uh, pretty regularly. And the same goes if like Alvin Kamara is out. I mean, he is just a Swiss Army knife. You can put him in if you have to. Very sneaky tight end designation. So I, I like Taysom Hill this year. CJ Stroud is apparently human. We talked about Brock Purdy being human. Well, CJ Stroud is well. He throws his first career interception 
finishing the day with less than a 50% completion percentage, 13 of 27, not even 200 yards. He finishes with exactly 199, so right on the cusp, two touchdowns and an interception. Nico Collins leads the day with 80 receiving yards off of four receptions, and Dalton Schultz scores the touchdown and also 61 receptions, the next receiver up. This is without Tank Dell, so I don't know. Maybe Stroud needs Tank Dell uh, at least a little bit. It's a nice safety net for him, a nice little read for him. Uh, so look for you know Tank Dell to return next week and probably be relied upon for Stroud. Look for Stroud to bounce back. The Saints defense is good, so I'm not panicking at all. We had to expect this at some point for C.J. Stroud. Historic runs like that can't continue too long. He already broke all the rookie records for passing without an interception. So it was time for it to come. Shout out to one of our new uh, you know, people trying out for player profiler right now. We have a guy over trying to work on our TikTok. I did a start stream with him Sunday morning, and he said that CJ Stroud would throw his first interception of his career against the Saints. So that was a good call from him. Shout out to me. Uh, so go follow profiler underscore NFL on TikTok. Now, within the Texans also, I want to make note of Devin Singletary getting more involved. Devin Singletary finishes the day with 12 carries for 58 yards. Damian Pierce has 13 carries for only 34 yards. So just continue to watch that. For me, I'm not really rostering any Texans running back, but if I had to, I'm just going to go with Devin Singletary since he's a much, 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 much cheaper option and seems to be getting similar usage, plus has a little bit more receiving upside than Pierce. So I like Devin Singletary right now. I think he's a very cheap buy and potentially a pickup in some leagues. Attaching yourself to the Texans offense can't be a bad idea right now, especially a very, very cheap option in Devin Singletary. Damian Pierce last year missed a few games due to injury. So it's possible it happens again this year. Look for Devin Singletary to be a cheap option for you to maybe round out your bench if you're looking for something like that. We can talk about the Patriots now. Talk about the Patriots now. This was, for some reason, the Kendrick Bourne game. Kendrick Bourne has 10 receptions for 89 yards. Only two receivers in this game had more than one reception. And you probably couldn't have even guessed that it was Mike Jacecki and Ramondre Stevenson getting back on track in the receiving department. Kendrick Bourne, don't pick him up. He's going to go right back to nothing next week. But it is very cool to see him you know, get 10 receptions. Very, 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 very interesting to see that happen. I'm curious how many people had him in their DFS lineup and won money because of it, because I'm sure he was extremely cheap. A uh, good game for him. And that just happens. We saw it last year where Kendrick Bourne just randomly pops off for a game. It was this one. We missed it. Ramondre Stevenson, though, getting the usage again, 10 carries and five receptions, also scored a touchdown. Looking decent. Ezekiel Elliott also scored a touchdown. So I don't really know what to glean from it. However, Ramondre Stevenson getting the receptions, getting a decent bit of carries is always encouraging. I think that we can expect that to continue all year. I know that it's a Patriots offense that you don't really want to be a part of, but not many running backs get the type of usage that Ramondre Stevenson gets. And with so many people trying to get out from under him, you might be able to acquire him for a decent price in both redraft and dynasty. It all comes down to price. I'm not paying up for him, but if you can get him cheap, I don't mind it at all. And within the same game, the Raiders finally went to Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer finishes the day with a decent amount of catches and yards. He finishes 5 for 76. Good game for a tight end. 5 for 76 for Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. Uh, and 
you know, I, I think that that'll continue, right? We've seen these rookie tight ends get utilized a lot this year. Sam LaPorta, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, so, and Brendan Strange scored a touchdown in the Jaguars game. Michael Mayer, I think that his usage will continue to see an uptick or at the very least be similar to this where he's getting a few receptions every single week. And that does seem to come at the expense of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams only had two receptions for 29 yards. It's now back-to-back stinker performances from him. Jacoby Myers looking like the Raiders wide receiver you actually wanted. Finishing the day, five five receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Great day for Jacoby Myers. He continues to keep it up. Continues to be a number one option here in this Raiders offense. Looking like a true steal at his ADP and a good wide receiver. He's proving it wasn't a Patriots thing. He's just genuinely good at football. So that was cool to see. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, of a revenge game for him too. So cool. Cool day for Jacoby Myers. For the Cardinals backfield. Like we said, and I, I, we called this, we called this here on Wake and Take. You didn't want to start Amari DiMarcado. <laughs> you really didn't want to start Keonze Ingram, and you damn sure didn't start Damian Williams. Joshua Dobbs seven carries, Keonze Ingram ten carries, Damian Williams eight carries, Amari DiMarcado two carries. You can't rely on any of these Cardinals running backs while James Conner is out. If any of them, it might be Keontae Ingram as he had the most carries and the most receptions. But still, I mean, you're talking about a Cardinals offense that is starting to go back to what we expected from them or we expected them to look like going into the year. I'm just not worried about it. I'm not really worried about it. All three of these guys are not ever going to have that good of a game. And if they do, you're not going to have started them looking like roster cloggers right now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, rough backfield to try to even make a name for yourself in right now. And the wide receivers were interesting. The two leaders yesterday were Michael Wilson and Trey McBride. Those were the two receiving leaders. So it's cool to see this youth start to pop off for the Cardinals. Curious to see how they continue to ramp up those guys. Trey McBride in particular has had a very slow start this year with Zach Ertz getting so many targets. But this week, it was Trey McBride. So I hope that that continues. Good little tight end there. For the Rams, Kyron Williams. We've talked about a few of these running backs today. Kyron Williams is good at football. Kyron Williams is very good at football. He finishes the day with 20 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. Very similar stat lines to just what he's been putting up all season. Looking like a very, very good running back. Congratulations to everyone that picked him up. It even looks like Kyron Williams was the week one waiver wire pickup that you should have done. You should have been picking up Kyron Williams over Puka Nakua. You should have been picking up Kyron Williams over Joshua Kelly. Kyron Williams. Wow. I mean, genuinely wow. I'm very surprised he continues to perform in the way he is. Just really phenomenal performances from him. Congratulations to Kyron Williams and everyone who picked him up. Because, like I said, you would have rather had him over Puka Nakua as Cooper Cup finishes the day yet again with the Cooper Cup stat line, seven receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Tutu Atwell only has one reception. Pukunakua only has four receptions for 26 yards. Matthew Stafford finishes the day with 226. Again, Cooper Cup had 148 of those. Cooper Cup is the guy here in Los Angeles. Congratulations to everyone that took the chance on him, maybe traded for him. Cooper Cup and Alvin Kamara, by the way, Cooper Cup and Alvin Kamara, by the way, 
showing us that we're probably all playing Dynasty wrong. You could have gone Cooper Cup and Alvin Kamara so cheap this offseason, and you probably would be contending now if you went out and traded for those guys. So just really keep that in the back of your head when you go into next season. Don't worry about suspensions. Don't worry about old players. Don't worry about injury proneness. These guys, these hyper athletes, these true all pro players, these Hall of Famer more than likely type of caliber players, they play football really well. They just do. So I, I congratulations to Cooper Cup. Congratulations to Alvin Kamara again, getting his second round of applause for the show. For the Eagles, A.J. Brown continues to keep things up. A.J. Brown finishes the day with another 100-plus yard performance, 131 receiving yards for him, looking fantastic. Devontae Smith, only 44. Dallas Goddard, only 42, both of which only had five receptions. A.J. Brown, a true alpha, true fantastic wide receiver, looking like the dog here on the Eagles. So good job for A.J. Brown. Because also, Jalen Hurts didn't have that great of a day. 28 for four of 45 for 280 yards and only one touchdown. He had three interceptions, which was just wild. And he also did, of course, put some stuff on the ground. If he didn't have eight carries for 47 yards and a touchdown, you would have been very disappointed with your Jalen Hurts fantasy day. Of course, that's why we like him, though, is he gives you that rushing floor. The three interceptions, not too much of a concern. I mean, that just happens. Jalen Hurts, of course, still Jalen Hurts. DeAndre Swift also is continuing to kill it. We talk about A.J. Brown and Hurts killing it. Well, DeAndre Swift, 10 carries for 18 yards, womp, womp, womp. But, but eight receptions. DeAndre Swift, eight receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. So great game from him. He's continually getting ramped up in the receiving department. Very, very good usage from DeAndre Swift. Good job. And the Jets pull off the win. The Jets pull off the win. The Jets beat the Eagles. Uh, and who would have thought? Who would have thought that the Jets would beat the Eagles? Zach Wilson, not a huge part of that, but doesn't turn the ball over. 19 of 33 for 186 yards. Garrett Wilson, 90 receiving yards. It was Brees Hall, though, who had a rushing touchdown and 54 receiving yards. Brees Hall, great, great running back. Looking like one of the best running backs in the entire league. And the Jets, shout out Wake and Tate, right? After Zach Wilson's two terrible games, two terrible games after Aaron Rodgers' injury against the Cowboys, against the Patriots, I went on here. I stuck my neck out for Zach Wilson. No one was doing that. I said, you can't count out a guy for bad performances against the fully healthy Cowboys and a Patriots defense who just always has his number. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing against Zach Wilson. Now he comes out and plays pretty well. He outperformed Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs game, and he basically outperformed Jalen Hurts here if it weren't for the for the rushing touchdown. I mean, good day for Zach Wilson. Good day for the Jets. I saw a great coach from Robert Saleh. He said, while we haven't won all of our matchups, we've surely embarrassed the other teams at least. And that's true. I mean, they are really bringing it to every single game they play. Loving it for the New York Jets, loving it for Zach Wilson as he was counted out by every single person. And yet he, he wrote back, <laughs> he wrote back Zach Wilson playing well, Jared Goff, Jared Goff guys, what a quarterback, what a quarterback Jared Goff is finishes the day with 353 yards and two touchdowns, 
Amon Ross St. Brown has 12 receptions for 124 and a touchdown. And Jamison Williams. J-Mo is here. J-Mo is here. <laughs> J-Mo, two receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Want to see that volume go up, but to see the long receiving touchdown, which was a decent catch. He outrun this, outran the safety and had to cut back to bring in the catch. It was underthrown ball from Jared Goff. So we have to see that connection continue to establish and get worked out. But Jamison Williams, better days are happening. Do not be surprised when Jamison Williams has 150-plus, two-touchdown-plus game this season. It's going to happen. Go get J-Mo while you still can. For the Buccaneers, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure yet. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not going to say for certain that it's happening. But Kyle Trask might see the field at some point this season. I, I, I had been starting to be uh, impressed by Baker Mayfield, thinking, you know what, he can finish out this season. He's looking good with the Buccaneers, but not that great this game. 19 to 37 for 206 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Turned back into a pumpkin. Looked like the regular Baker Mayfield. Two games now, he's or three games now this season, he hasn't had more than a touchdown. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on how competitive this division is. If they are still in contention, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. But if they start to pick up some losses here, Baker Mayfield can't get them the wins, then I do believe they will turn to Kyle Trask. Because again, they spent a second round pick on him. They'll probably want to see what he has because they're definitely in the quarterback market next season. Important to note that Trey Palmer had seven targets. Keep that in mind as Trey Palmer had seven targets, only brought in two of them for 47 yards, but looking like a decent stash and pickup this week as the Buccaneers continue to A, play from behind, and B, work him into the game plan as he is a rookie with a very, very good skill set. So Trey Palmer is someone I'm keeping my eye on. And Kyle Trask as well. If you want to start stashing him in Superflex, I will not blame you. And finally, we could talk about the Sunday night football game, which was interesting. We had the 49ers lose to the Browns. We had the Eagles lose to the Jets. And we honestly should have had the Bills lose to the Giants as they lost on the one-yard line. There was definitely a pass interference or defensive hold, however you want to call it, on that play. Darren Waller was completely, completely fouled on it and they just ended the game. They didn't call a penalty. The Giants lose, but they brought a fantastic game to the Buffalo Bills. And again, this is why we love the NFL. Just love it that games like this can happen. It's very cool to see that the Giants, without Daniel Jones even, can make it competitive against one of the best offenses in the league. The NFL is just so awesome. Saquon Barkley, in his first game back, has 28 touches. He does not need to have 28 touches my god let him rest but still 24 carries for 93 yards and four receptions saquon barkley getting saquon barkley usage didn't look that great i'm not gonna lie there were a couple cuts i remember one in particular he made a cut and then just fell to the ground just couldn't even go forward clearly not a hundred percent to see him still get this many touches and that many yards while less than a hundred percent is extremely encouraging very, very good at football. I mean, Saquon Barkley, of course, good at football, a dog and everything, but still not 100%, but did look good. So, hey, we'll take it. And Wondell Robinson, this is a guy. This is a guy I've been pounding the table for all season really now. Very, very interesting that he's clearly 
the number one receiving option for the Giants, and no one's talking about it. He has, yes, a limited route tree, yes, a low average depth of target, but we're talking about a guy who's basically free. And if you like Zay Flowers, you've got to love Wandell Robinson. Eight for eight for 62 yards. Good game. Good game from Wandale Robinson. You take that every single day of the week in PPR formats. Go buy him because this Giants offense, A, won't look this bad all season. They'll start to turn it around. But if they don't, next season they definitely will. And Wandale Robinson will continuously be a big part of their game plan. And for the Bills, like last week even, I just don't have a lot of takeaways from them. I think that the Bills are one of the only teams in the league that are playing exactly as we expected them to, and there's not many surprises in this. I'm just chalking it up to a floor Josh Allen game. We've seen it time and time again where sometimes he just can't get cooking, and he has a rough game. That's what happened here. Josh Allen had a floor game. That led to Gabe Davis having a floor game as well. But Stephon Diggs, of course, still serviceable, 10 receptions for 100 yards, can't complain about that and James Cook unfortunately only 14 carries well not only James Cook got a decent amount of carries 14 carries for 71 yards not that bad unfortunately though no touchdowns and no receptions so we want to see the James Cook usage continue to get amped up and we definitely want to see some receptions go his way in the future so not the greatest fantasy performance but 14 carries not that bad and still still right? James Cook is still the running back for the Buffalo Bills. You can't complain about that at the end of the day. Just wish he would get a touchdown or at least a couple of receptions in this one, especially since they were behind most of the game. It seemed like a James Cook game script. Damian Harris, thoughts out to him as he got carted off or ambulanced off even. Um, so James Cook going to get a bit more usage there. Uh, and hopefully Damian Harris can get himself a recovery. But not the best performance from Cook. A decent floor game. Good usage and everything. But man, not a good one. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Let's check some questions. <laughs> Big time Timmy Jim, of course, replying to my Zay Flowers Wandale. I'm doing it, BTTJ. I'm doing it. They're the same player. Zay Flowers just happens to be a rookie and on the Ravens, so it's a bit more exciting. But if you swap their names and places, you would be just as excited about Wandale Robinson as you are Zay Flowers, everyone, don't let the rookie hype get to your head. Sell Zay Flowers while you still can. Bills are good when Josh Allen doesn't play hero ball. That's a great takeaway there, Anthony. Great, 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 great. Um, upset week. This is true. This was a very upset week. We sometimes see that. That was this week. Who would... <laughs> the Harry Snowman who I'm playing in, my, in the Trade Gods Listener League this week. Who would you rather play tonight? Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. This is exactly our thing. I have Keenan Allen. He is Austin Eckler. I'm down a few points. Uh, got an unlucky one. Had Justin Fields and Debo Samuel. So basically got no performances from one of my best wide receivers at my quarterback. But this is still possible. Still potential. I can pull this out. I will say, though, I'd rather have Austin Eckler. As everyone knows, I've been trying to move off from Keenan Allen. I named him my trade candidate on Trade Gods last week. With Austin Eckler back, I'm worried about the volume he can get, worried about his health as well, worried about how long he could take on this usage. Basically, what I need is Keenan Allen to have 150 yards and a touchdown tonight. I I just I Austin Eckler is gonna beat me. Um, 
It is what it is, though. <laughs> Chef points out that the receiving backs age well. This is true. Less wear and tear for those receiving backs. You see it with Christian McCaffrey, although he's a bit more injury prone. But yeah, Alvin Kamara, just a true stud. Just an absolute stud. Um, let's see. Pets offense is the opposite of Miami. You want no pieces. Very true. Thielen is one of the five oldest players in the league. Wow, good stat there, Harry Snowman. Did not know that. That is pretty cool. I know he's old, but you know, I always just assume the kickers are always the oldest guys. Um, let's see. That looks like I don't. Oh wait, here we go. One more. Was Kareem Hunt's usage an indicator of future week or one week wonder? I kind of hinted at this, Paul. I do think it's more of a one week wonder. I think that this was a PJ Walker scenario. So maybe if PJ Walker is out again next week, you can expect Kareem Hunt to get similar usage. But I do just think that they wanted a very run heavy game and they wanted to keep everyone fresh. I do still believe that, of course, Jerome Ford is the main running back and the one you want on this offense. Is Johnu Smith an every week starter going forward? Depending on your other tight ends, yes. Yes, he is. Jacobs or Swift, rest of season. DeAndre Swift, I think. I mean, A, it's the Eagles offense, but B, I mean, he's starting to get a ton of receiving usage. It's pretty spectacular what DeAndre Swift is putting together right now. So I think I'd rather have Swift. And I'm still expecting, I, I mean, I'm not wishing an injury, of course. Don't put those words in my mouth. But just we've seen time and time again, it's a well-known fact that running backs especially – after career years, especially in the volume department, usually get injured or at least not right the next season. So yeah, I would take Swift over Josh Jacobs rest of season. And finally on Instagram, I see two questions and then we'll get you out of here. Sell James Cook. No, I'm holding on. I just don't think you can get the right value for him based on his actual production. And is Nakua time over? Not going to say over, but don't expect those ceiling games from him again while Cooper Cup is out there. He's going to have weeks every once in a while. They've already come out and said he's got the Robert Woods role. What we saw with Robert Woods was very similar to what we're seeing with Puka Nakua right now. Sometimes he's going to have some weeks. So it is okay, but he's definitely not the every week starter that you wanted him to be. You're definitely going to have to play your matchups with him, but still a very good wide receiver and a very, very good dynasty receiver as well. Cool. Drake London or Devontae Smith rest of the season? I'd go Devontae Smith, but Drake London looking like a fantastic option. Definitely getting very, very consistent. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Special note, Podfather will be hosting tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning is my birthday, so I'm going on a little bit of a trip the next few days. So we're going to have some guest hosts uh, as I will be out of town. But, you know, still follow me on the Twitter. Still ask your questions. I will be around. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, you guys are a fantastic audience. This was Wake and Take. Have a magnificent Monday. I hope all your Monday night miracles come true, unless you're named the Harry Snowman. Peace. Peace.